0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. The geek's right. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I am your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wiltz Couture, IT expert, a new Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. We want to hear from you this morning. Do You got any problems in your tech world, questions, comments, you want to share anything awesome or terrible or ridiculous or nightmarish problems you've been trying to get fixed or victories that you have against your technology. Uh, we're just, what's making your tech world go around? Call us today, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can email us, tech at mpbonline.org. We have a handful of emails that we'll get to today and a bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, some of it I mentioned uh, during our billboard before the news here. And another interesting story that I want to dig into, it, and I think a lot of people may have an opinion to engage with us uh in regard to uh and it's a, a san francisco uh chronicle um opinion column um that's titled memo to tech companies the kincaid fire is not your marketing opportunity and i yes i agree with that on its face but there's some pretty interesting stuff that i think. Um, could be argued one way or the other, and I would love to know what people think about that. And uh, also, uh, Jeremy and Wilts. Jeremy, good morning. How's it going?
2: Good morning. It's going well.
1: How is uh, how's the the tech world treated you the last week or so?
2: Uh, it's uh, it's been pretty good. I haven't had any crazy problems. I've been beating my head against, and uh, the uh, the rig that I bought the, uh, the big case for, yeah. I decided to go ahead and put the, uh, the motherboard and some fans and stuff uh, in it uh, to go ahead and start building on it to put it on display. Uh, so I, I got a computer inside of it now. Uh, it's not complete, but I started working on it. I still haven't um, moved forward with the uh, water cooling rig. I'm, I'm still doing my, uh, my homework on that one. I've been a little busy, but I uh, still plan on doing that. But I wanted to go ahead and just put something in there. That way it could be uh, on display.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's start with <laughs> a a long running kind of joke of a storyline that has uh, continued in our time here on Everyday Tech. and That's Samsung unveiling a new concept for a folding phone. And uh, I can almost hear a groan in the in the uh, in the studio audience. Um, Samsung's been pretty busy with their relaunch of the Galaxy Fold, but it's no secret the company's been working on yet another. Foldable phone already. Uh, there have been previously uh, rumors about Samsung's plans for its next foldable phone and the company uh, just this week uh, gave the world a sneak peek at what the future for hold could hold for its galaxy fold line. Uh, They showed off a new concept for a foldable phone. The company calls the design a new form factor for foldable smartphones, though it did not reveal many details about the device. It did, however, release a pretty awesome video that we'll put on our Facebook page showcasing the concept design where the original Galaxy Fold turns into this new form factor that acts as a classic flip phone. Uh, The device doesn't have a name yet, and Samsung also didn't reveal any specs or if it has any plans to actually release it at any specific point. And what's interesting is that this thing it folds uh it, it I don't know, it almost folds like a book and it also folds like a flip phone in two different ways. Almost like uh I don't know how how you would call it, like horizontally and vertically it can flip. At least it shows two different uh views of this thing flipping like that. I don't know how the both I don't know how one device
3: could do both of those uh together. But uh they'll make it where you can fold it kinda of like those little what was that? I uh, said eventually they'll make it where you can fold it, like those little footballs that you had back in school. You know, Right, and flicking, yeah. You know, it's like you kind of fold it into a triangle. <laughs> right. Or, you know.
1: But what do you guys take from this? Um, uh, here comes Samsung, and just after they've they've – we've already talked about it. They've said this is coming, it's not coming, this is going to be great. Meh, I don't know. They released it, they pulled it back, then they released it again. And, I mean, weeks after the release, the final here have it release. They're already putting out stuff
3: without a release date or specs. They're showing people what's next. Yeah. I'm from uh, Missouri still on this one. Show show, show me. Right. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know if we're quite ready for it. I don't know if the physics are there quite ready, quite yet. Um, there, there's a reason they keep pulling it back. I think it's cool though that they continue trying. It, it shows, I mean, hey, innovation is great. We've got to keep moving forward. Um, but I think I'll just I'll, I'll be kind of satisfied with my regular phone for right now.
2: I think this is a chance for Samsung to kind of take a step back and say, hey, look, the Fold was sort of our foot in the door, but this is what we're really looking to do. So, uh, you know, every time they have a, a big release for a device, it, all you hear about leading up to it is that device and all the cool stuff it's going to do. And then immediately after it's released, they've got some new thing that they're hyping. I mean, that's that's how they make money. That's how they get word out about their new devices. So this one looks really practical if it clamshells like a flip phone. I could see a lot more yeah. people using this. The only issue is that the cost is going to be higher at first, and everybody will have these in about, mm, what, 5 Five years, probably five
3: to seven. Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, out the gate, the price is going to be just astronomical. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, here I've kind of, like, looked at the new Apple phones, and I'm like, oh, you know what? They're really cool. Then look at the price tag, and I'm just like, you know what? My, my current phone still, still works pretty good. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, I'm still on the original, the the X that came out alongside the 8. You know what? It's, it's, it's still doing pretty good.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of people do that, and that's even uh, after they kind of brought their price point back a little bit. With this year's round of of new iPhones after last year, a bunch of people kind of passed on it. It, it, We've talked about it. It it looks like they kind of figured out, at least for what the market is right now,
3: what their absolute limit is with,
1: you know, supply and demand.
3: Well, you know, my thing, I mean, and and again, I mean, I I love my smartphone. I'm I'm definitely a fan of it. They they definitely, um, you know, I live with it a lot. But how much are they really... I think that's that's this is where the fold really kinda comes in and really kinda perks your ears up a little bit. How much innovation is really going on with your some of your current smartphones? Yeah, the cameras are getting better better. Yeah, you know, battery life is gonna always be, I think, in the top three of what we're looking for. But I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody walked in here right now with an iPhone, you know, eleven max or whatever. Yeah. Uh, compared to my ex or even, you know, my wife's eight, for example, what's what's really the huge difference? And at the end of the day, I mean, in my opinion, as much as I love new stuff, I think, and I think, you know, um, Jeremy and I have mentioned that a little bit. It's like, you know, sometimes Apple's kind of sat back just a little bit, and I think we need to start seeing some more innovation. And I think that's where that's where the fold is really kind of going is like, you know, hey, they may hit a couple of speed bumps, and we may be able to poke a little bit of fun at them, but... They're at least moving forward. They're trying to find something new for us out there.
2: I want to see durability, durability, durability. That's what we need in these devices. I know they don't want to do it because
4: that's
2: (laughs) part of how they make money, but we need more durable phones. Nobody wants to keep buying a new phone every two years.
3: No, no, not at all. I still know quite a few people. I mean, actually, we had an email not too long ago from a listener that's still running an iPhone 6. I mean, that tells you the hardware is still working. Unfortunately, the 6 has kind of fallen off. They're not getting the newest updates. 6S is is the oldest. They can actually pick up iOS 13. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, people, especially people who aren't uber users of these things, they're holding onto these devices a little bit longer. That's a Uh, lot of money to lay out.
2: We put a battery in a 5S just yesterday. I mean, people are still (laughs) using those older devices, you know? I mean, it, it happens.
1: Well, I know for um, for the companies that produce these products, it's um, there's a fine line. They are businesses, after mm-hmm. all, and I don't want to make it sound like they're not making money. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it is an interesting, I guess, uh, line that they have to toe. Uh, how much they want to innovate versus you know, kind of staying away from like you were talking about, almost like one of these video games that just slaps a new year at the end of the title, and makes, uh, and I don't want to call anybody out, makes some minor updates and shoves it out as a brand-new video game. And it's basically just a patch slapped
3: on the one that was released the year before. Yeah, we see that a ton in video games, though, especially the sports ones, it seems like.
2: I think our phones have reached a crux, where there's just not that much more that can be done with it. Yeah, What else can we add to this thing? You know, I mean, at this point, they're trying to get them to do depth, Perception and, and like measurements and things like that. It's like, okay, well those are those are neat But like who's actually going to use that on their phone? It's kind of like when they put the IR blaster so that you could use your phone as a remote control Which they never should have taken out of the phone in my opinion
3: Amen. But they
2: did because everything's controlled over Wi-Fi and they're always trying to you know be the most cutting-edge and some people use it and a lot of people don't and i just feel like they're just at this point it's just bells and whistles that a lot of people just don't care about
3: well the problem with getting on the bleeding edge is eventually going to get cut i mean yeah you know, that's just it yeah. I mean, you know um trying to, trying to stay on that leading edge now that's 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 you know the spot to go to but i mean you know i'm kind of like you i kind of miss my the idea of my phone being a remote that would uh would cut down <laughs> a lot of devices in the living room
1: all right let's go to the phones david is in mobile first you can call us up one eight seven seven MPB ring. One eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. David, good morning.
4: Yeah, um, I got a call from someplace calling itself uh, Coyote Springs, Nevada. Now they didn't leave a message, <clears throat> but I was tempted to pick up and go meet me and hang <laughs> out. So, and uh, secondly, uh, I've heard them describe a thunderstorm as a rain event. Kind of <laughs> sounds like someone getting people into an auditorium. Setting off the sprinkler system and stove lights and stone fans,
3: <laughs> you know, rain
4: event. Uh, well, I fun. mean,
3: yeah, who, who's, the, who's the rain's opening act? You know, you got to kind of wonder.
4: Yeah, I kind of wonder about that. And I'm also Toto. wondering, uh, what's the legality of, uh, like, uh, copying things out of a newspaper or a magazine, you know, like cartoons and things, and sharing those with people?
3: Hmm. That's, a, yeah, it's, uh, that's I think an
4: it, it, interesting question. I think it
1: depends on how you're going to share them. If it's just, you know, you personally sharing with friends, uh, um, then I don't think that's much of an issue. Yeah, I think if yeah, you start
3: getting to monetary gain yeah. is where – or well, you can just it, take, you know, I mean, I, you know, hey, we are, you know, we could always do the old school way. Silly putty, lay the silly putty over it, the original way of copying, you know, comics. (laughs) This
2: is why we can share memes legally, because you're not using them for monetary gain, so you should be able to snap a picture of that and send it to whoever you want, as long as you're not claiming that it's yours. uh, It is a good idea to give credit to the author as well. A lot of people like to cut that out, but otherwise, I think you're okay.
4: Okay, Uh, just uh, not time to make any money off of it. Just to amuse people. I I sometimes alter it. Like, uh, like there's one with, uh, I combined the Peanuts with a Wizard of Ed. Uh, the the Peanuts character has Linus explaining to Snoopy about the great pumpkin. And then the next two frames, uh, Wizard of Ed, uh, the knight is asking the wizard what he's doing. He says, I'm making a surprise for a special little boy. And the last frame shows Linus <laughs> being chased by a monstrous pumpkin. Well, okay. <laughs> I, awesome. I, am,
3: I am loving David here. Right. You know, you have you have literally made my day. I'm like envisioning this. This is great. And in the rain event. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like I like that idea.
1: And who did you say, Jared uh, Toto opening up for?
2: <laughs> yeah, Toto. Lessen the rains down in Africa.
3: <laughs> there you go.
1: All right, one eight seven seven MPB ring is the number. Uh, Let's see. We'll go to Macomb after a timeout here, and uh, we'll get to some more stories, including uh, the balance that tech companies have to do between uh, helping people out of jams and marketing their wares to people who are in those jams, like, for instance, this Kincaid fire in California with the rolling blackouts, a tough situation. We'll talk about that and more. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial one eight seven seven MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson and Wills Couture. I'm Jay White. Thank you for listening this morning. one mpb ring is the number. 1-877-672-7464. And uh, guys, I was uh, talking uh, right before the break uh, about um, an article that I found, a, 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 an opinion column from the San Francisco Chronicle written by Owen Thomas. And he seems to... Uh, be wary of companies um, like uh, Airbnb uh, and Facebook and uh, Tesla uh, for what he thinks is kind of taking advantage of people in these uh, Kincaid fires in California. Uh, uh, reading a little bit of his uh, column here, in case you weren't aware, Airbnb, Tesla, and Facebook took pl- uh, pains to remind people fleeing the Kincaid fire and grappling with uh, PG&E blackouts, that technology is there to help. Facebook touted fire victim fundraisers and groups that were formed on its site to coordinate pet rescues. And Airbnb activated its Open Homes program, which allows hosts to provide rooms at no cost to people fleeing disaster. Uh, Somewhat creepily, Facebook is scooping up data from all the people huddling in the dark and using their warning, uh, their waning battery life and intermittent cell service to update friends and family members on their status, and using it to tell local officials where people have evacuated and where they're going. The data is uh, anonymized, but it seems like an ill-timed moment to remind people just how much information Facebook possesses about all of us. I don't know, guys. I know there's a balance here, but that I, I don't think either of those companies now in the moment maybe not in the future they may use some of this information afoul probably sure they will but at the moment man i don't see anything wrong with this it seems like they're helping the situation as much as they possibly can and using technology to do that
2: i agree because whenever there's a you know a big tornado or something around we'll offer to recover people's data off of their waterlogged devices at no additional charge and we don't do that be some big marketing thing. We do that because it's it's something nice to do for our clients that uh, not just anybody would do.
3: Well, I think you got to look at, at at the intent and uh, exactly people doing things because it's the right thing to do. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I I do get a little bit nervous about the whole oh well Facebook's going to go ahead and report to the authorities where everyone's hanging out at that that one kind of gets a little bit creepy to me. I mean, I think it's, you know, I don't know. That one gets, even if the information is anonymous?
2: People are already volunteering. They're already giving that information to Facebook. They've already allowed location services on their device. So if that's the case, then they can go in there and turn that off and hopefully curb their ability to find out where they are. I mean, it may be anonymized, but, yeah, it's still, it's just one of those things where it's like the all-seeing eye of Facebook is just everywhere.
3: I don't know. That, that just, I don't know. For me, it just gives me just a little, I mean, now my location services are all turned off anyway. It just, it, that just gives me a little bit of a creepy factor. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, mm, I mean, I kind of feel like yeah. it's information. It's kind of like what Jeremy was saying.
1: I mean, they have the means to use all this information anyway, whether we even know it or not, that may seem a little creepy because they're letting people know that they're actually using this information in a helpful way. Uh, and I, It seems to me like as opposed to making money off of it, like they normally do, that they're actually showing people that you can use this technology to help people out of a jam like they're doing right now.
3: Well, I think that's the big thing on this particular one. They're being open about it. And as long as it's like, you know, we hear this word a lot in a lot of different directions, as long as there's transparency on how the information is being used. I think, you know, um, if they were kind of like doing that, no one knew they were doing that. And, you know, I don't know, but. Yeah, putting it on out there and showing that it can make a difference, I think that's a good thing, but I think we've just got to continue that whole pattern of being open about how they're using the data.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thomas finishes uh, his column saying, the companies are just trying to help, right? But I feel obligated to remind you why companies do these things. It's to placate employees who are looking for a break from optimizing transition volume uh, to burnish their public image and sign up new users or reactivate old ones. It's all about hashtag engagement, as the kids say on Twitter. I'd prefer that more companies just straight-up donate money and employee volunteer time to worthy causes without feeling the need to brag about it in the middle of a disaster. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, his standoffishness, I think I just made up a new phrase, but his, oh, yeah. the standoffish way that he's... That he's um, Uh, kind of wholeheartedly doubting uh, where these people's hearts are and their minds are in the offering of these services. Um, Yeah, I mean, mean, giving housing to people is pretty cool. If you're somebody that has the technology of Facebook, are you failing the public more if you just give a bunch of money to other people to delve out to volunteer services when you have the ability to use all this technology for good.
3: Well, sometimes that's those services that you're giving can actually have more value than the money you can give. And then you you start running into the, well, wherever you're giving the money, how much are they going to actually spend on administrative versus how much is really helping and blah, blah. You you can get into a whole rabbit hole with that. You know, to me, the whole, you know, being able to open up to where people can actually let their homes be put out there for free. I mean, come on. There's not really what's in it for the company. Goodwill. I mean, you know, at the end absolutely. of the day, what's in it? It's, it's not bad
2: PR, but no. that's just a a, a a a good side to them doing something.
3: Right. They I had guess. the resource so I, to be able to do it. Yeah. They have the ability. Like I said, the only one that just kind of gives me the just a little bit of hesitation is just on the the Facebook thing. But you know, you're absolutely right, it, Jeremy. We do have location services on. They see that if it's helping people, if it's going to save, you yeah. know, save some folks. And they're being open and honest about it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would agree with the second half of his, like, oh, they're just doing it just for. Well, you know what? Yeah, they're going to get some positive press out of it. They deserve some positive well, press. Yeah, and it's
1: kind of it's it's both these things to a certain extent. Yeah. It's it's don't bag on these guys just because they're doing a good thing that right. can also be good PR. Oh, would yeah. you rather these multi-billion-dollar companies not do a good thing because it could also be good PR and not necessarily the most politically correct time? Yeah, because no, they didn't, I would rather them use their resources and. And ability to um, mobilize the kind of uh, money and infrastructure that they can with their products,
3: I would rather them do that. Because the they flip take side a, is they don't look how many people are going to complain that they didn't do anything, right?
1: And and then and then to uh, Owen Thomas's um, point right here, um, if if this is such a PR grab for these guys, then and when did Airbnb put this open house project into? You know, into effect. Why didn't we write a column about it when it was just sitting there not used for however long this has been a project for them? And now just picking a fight with them when they're actually using it to help people who need it. So I don't know, I, I am just as suspect of his motives as he is of their motives. Yeah. Well, Seems like you know, a guy just wrote a column so he could be a guy who's mad, shaking his fist out on a lawn somewhere where there's electricity in California, which is not a whole lot of people right now. And I'm wondering, well, usually, so what's in it for him?
2: In, <laughs> right. in, in a company, it has to be the people that form the company that suggest these kinds of things. So it's just human beings trying to help human beings inside of a company. And the company goes, well, yeah, that will benefit Public and it will benefit us, so it's win win. Yeah.
1: 1877 MPB Ring is the number, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Adamu is on the line from Macomb with us, and I apologize for you having to wait through my rant. Good morning. How's, how's it going?
5: <laughs> I'm doing fine. How about you?
1: Doing well. Thanks for calling.
5: All right. I listen whenever I can remember and have time. Me too. I hope you can help this old school senior citizen with this problem. I'm about to have. I have a two-year-old desktop Dell with Windows 7 on it, and I was advised by the computer that support for Windows 7 will no longer be available after January 2020. I have very little computer knowledge, and I don't even have a cell phone. What can I do to keep this PC protected?
2: So you don't have a cell phone. Do you have an Internet connection?
4: Right. On, on on, On the desktop upstairs, yeah.
2: So, you do, okay, all right. Well, you, if you do have access to the Internet and you are using that computer online, what this means is that you will no longer receive security updates for that device. Uh, this means that when Windows Update rolls through, uh, it, it will have nothing to offer you in terms of security holes that are found in Windows or being exploited by viruses or hackers or what have you. Uh, you will not be protected against those things because you will no longer receive patches for those things.
4: Okay, what can I do then?
2: Um, you need to uh, either uh, take the computer that you have. Since it's only two years old, it should be possible to upgrade it to Windows 10 without too much teeth pulling. Uh, you need to upgrade it to Windows 10. That way you'll get the the newest updates.
5: Uh, is that the best option? Because I've heard about Windows 10 when it first came out. It was
2: a lot of problems well there's always a lot of problems with uh, windows (laughs) and um, that's just kind of the way it goes unfortunately and i I would like to say uh that there aren't lots of problems every time they roll out an update but there are uh the one thing that you can do is keep your virus protection up to date and uh try to stay off of uh, websites that you're not familiar with but this is still leaving you vulnerable because the way that virus protection works it has to have uh, it has to know the behavior of that virus in order to catch it. But if somebody writes a virus that affects your computer being unpatched, you will not be able your virus protection will not be able to detect that activity and you will not be protected. Does that make sense?
4: Yes. I
2: understand that too.
3: And Windows ten since its initial release has been a few years out now. Um, and there's always gonna be little hiccups with it, but in and all on it's actually become very, very stable. They've worked a lot of those initial bugs out that they had. Um so we're seeing it act a lot better um in that regard. So okay. I wouldn't be as concerned making that move now.
5: Nothing charging. I'll try to get somebody younger than me to put <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. All yes, right.
3: Sir. Hey, thank you for the call from Macomb
1: this morning. Before we take this break, here is a uh a similar email. This is uh from Timothy a former Delta resident who listens from Illinois. Uh, He says, I understand that uh, Windows will stop supporting Windows 7 in January, and this means, among other things, that it will stop updating security measures. Is this a problem? As long as I have a good antivirus, such as malware bytes, should I download Windows 10 on a laptop
3: that he has that is uh, 8 or 9 years old? Thanks. That's from Tim. You know, in all honesty, here, here, here is the reality. Come about, I think it's January 14th, if I'm recalling correctly, 2020, Microsoft have said all support for Windows 7 is done. That means any vulnerabilities, which, of which there are going to still be plenty, probably around oh, January 15th will start nailing your computer, and they're not going to give any kind of protections to defend against it. The best thing to do fortunately or unfortunately is, in my opinion, move up to Windows 10 because that's the only way you're going to protect your computer. Uh, even with a good antivirus, kind of like what Jeremy mentioned, it's only as good as his definitions, and yeah, antivirus he he's doesn't necessarily a, cover everything.
1: He said he's got an 8- or 9-year-old laptop. Is he going to lock that thing up is trying he, to trying to slam Windows 10 on it? Not necessarily. If possibly,
2: if he puts some more memory in it, it probably only has 2 gigs of RAM in it at the most. Yeah. Uh, at that age, I uh, would suggest at least four, um, and if he could get eight in it, I would go eight. But yeah, he probably just needs to start looking at a new machine, given the age of that computer.
3: Yeah, like my wife's computer is five or six years old, running Windows ten, absolutely no problem. I made sure it had enough memory, or you know what we refer to as RAM. Yeah, uh, and that's usually one of the easiest things that you can actually update, um, and in general, can be fairly inexpensive, especially for some of your some of your older devices. Um so things like that can go a long way into making it there but again the bottom line is when they cut off support that's it. Yeah. And um you know your recourse you're not going to be able you're to You're floating go back. out there on your own. Exactly. Microsoft and, has basically said they're not going to help anymore. Yeah.
2: One more thing about uh the end of support with Windows 7. It won't just be that you don't get the updates. You will also get the most annoying Alerts and errors from your various programs telling you that they're no longer supported. Every time you open uh, Google Chrome, it's going to have a big banner across the top that tells you that it's no longer supported, just like if you use that now on a Windows XP machine. We have people that are out there still doing those things, but it all depends on what you're using your device for as to how vulnerable you are in, in the grand scheme of things.
3: And you know, And here's the thing too, in a whole bunch of, well, why are there going to be any support? Here, here's something important to point out. Windows Seven was released in July of two thousand and nine. Yes, yeah. it, it'll be over ten years old when they cut it off. So I mean, they've they've given it a pretty pretty long life. Uh, you you basically see that they're going to usually support an operating system for about ten years, and then
1: well, that's a lot of I mean, when you think about it, that's a lot of people and resources. Right. that you're dedicating to an operating system that's, what, three generations old now? Exactly.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that Windows XP was far superior to all of this nonsense that we have to deal with now. I, like Of all the d- operating systems that I've encountered in my life, Windows XP was the one that worked the best. I don't think I ever had a single machine actually freeze on me to the point where like the mouse is stuck on the screen. You can see your desktop, but nothing moves. Windows 10 does that to me. Windows 7 has done that to me. But Windows XP was just the best. I wish they could bring that back.
3: In the Wayback machine. If I've heard
1: that once, I've heard it a whole bunch of times, including from our in-house, in-house IT guy. The praise oh, yeah. of Windows XP and, oh, yeah. its, and its stability. And, yeah. and it's
3: still out there. Yeah. It is actually still out there. But the, the kicker is, is you are totally vulnerable if you're running it. And it's, it's just an unfortunate truth.
1: Yeah. All right. rings the number. one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. When we come back, we've got uh, uh, a, a list or at least a couple of things that we'll mention. we got some more emails to get to. But uh, a mention of a couple of things. their are early Black Friday deals that Walmart's already put out. And uh, man, I guess we're. Well, Halloween's not even here yet. We're right here. We're right here in November. So I guess uh, I can ask you guys when you start doing your Christmas stuff, or if you have already. All right, this is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back.
0: To everyday tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial one eight seven seven MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with uh, Wilson, Jeremy. I am Jay. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Before we get back into it, um, an interesting thing, guys. Uh, This past week, Sony announced that they're shutting down PlayStation View, which was their streaming service, um, you know, akin to um, uh, Sling or uh, YouTube TV. Uh, It's kind of like their uh, cable television platform that was uh, in box uh and th- they attribute it to the escalating cost of rights fees which i mean we we see you know direct tv and and uh, xfinity and all these guys that and dish having these problems constantly where they have to use actual carriage uh of programs and they do it to each other as leveraged against, as leverage against one another and really the only loser usually is the person who's actually paying to see it oh yeah but uh, uh, PlayStation which uh, actually and this is a thing I, I used during one of our uh, bite-sized tech segments uh, a few weeks ago PlayStation view um, is in front of uh, things like uh, um, let's see here uh, Google uh, Amazon fire TV in terms of streaming TV platforms and part of it is because of course it's it's onboard board. The Sony PlayStation 4, which has sold incredibly well. They just passed the 100 million sales mark mm-hmm. in the last week. And so it is uh, obviously it has to have become a strain. By the way, all of these streaming platforms are being almost lapped by Roku. They are far and away number one, including against Amazon's Fire Stick and Google's. Uh, Chromecast, which is interesting. Uh, um, I'd,
3: I'd have to kind of agree with that. I'm, I'm a big fan of my Roku's. I got them on every TV.
1: Yeah, but and it is interesting that you know something. Two names with the power of Amazon and Google. I mean, they they lag. They're like five and six in these rankings right here. But it obviously has to be somewhat of a strain on Sony, who of course has lots of resources for them to totally pull the plug on this thing that they've that they've done well in and have a, a ton of market penetration in For them to just pull the plug on it, there was a, a report that came out last week that they were trying to sell it, uh, that they were essentially shopping it to anybody who wanted to get in in the business on that, and within a week they're just like, you know what, forget it, we're out. That's pretty shocking.
3: Well, you know, and I think some of that probably comes down to, what, what do you hear about when you start hearing Chromecast, Apple TV, Fire Stick? You hear all of those companies interfighting well, you can't get this content of mine, but you're not going to get this content of mine, then you're not going to get this content of mine. Yeah. Yet you have Roku sitting over here going, eh, whatever. Here you right. go. Here it all is. We're, you know, they're, they're not necessarily and um, to your point, playing those games. And to your point, Google and Amazon
1: have kind of, I mean, largely because they're lagging down in fifth and sixth in this, they've started to work together on this stuff. That yeah. Was, that was yeah. The, the biggest yeah. wall was between Google and Amazon stuff, and they're, they're taking that all down now.
3: Yep, and now you got another humongous company entering the mix, Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, their their library, think about it, they've got the 20th Century Fox on lock. They've got, um, you know, just think of everything that falls under what Disney has intellectual rights to. And See, it's going to make it really mean, interesting. PM, they have all the sports stuff, basically. Yeah. yeah. So... Well, uh,
2: uh, so it says that uh, View, at its most had uh, 500,000 subscribers, which was way less than Sling, YouTube, TV, and other competitors. Uh, and they were uh, pushing about a $50 a month plan. Well, if they didn't have uh, apps and other things to access that on other platforms, then um, their, people were locked down to the PlayStation, which was strictly for gamers. And I mean, when, I'm open, when I fire up my PlayStation, I'm ready to play games, not watch TV. That's a
1: great oh, point, kind of- because I've had a PlayStation 4 for years now, and it's I've had access to the PlayStation View, and I, I've been a subscriber to Sling at one point and YouTube TV now, and my initial thought was to go try those out as opposed to go to the PlayStation, which I already owned and paid for. That is in my house, and I have access to PlayStation View if I decide to sign up for it and like it and pay for it. Mm-hmm. And to what you were just saying, Jeremy, I think it is interesting that a place where people are usually in gamer mode, TV mode is a different thing for most users, I would say, and that and and like that never even came into my my mind as as far as to like put that in my uh, I guess what you're saying uh, what you would say is um, your normal mode of use
3: when you know when yeah. I'm on there I'm not thinking about TV and thinking I, about playing a game. Well, my wife's not going to use a controller to control her TV. Yeah, she wants to use a TV remote.
2: Right, and I, I have a device in my house for the other purpose, a streaming stick or a box or whatever, and whenever I'm ready to watch TV, I've got that convenient remote, and I pick that up. But to do that through my PlayStation, again, it was sold to gamers, and not all gamers watch TV.
1: That's a good point, too. That's a great point. All right, let's go back to the phones. We have uh, Larry, who is in Hazelhurst. Larry, good morning.
5: Good morning. I have a complaint about the 11. Um, eighty two I'm not a computer or geek tight, but I have used cell phones for decades, and I was happy with the 6 and uh, with the SE, but I got the 11 here uh, a month or so ago, and I have been back there six times because it would lock up, couldn't turn it off, couldn't do nothing. Then the internet locked up. Now, Then another lockup. So when I got the SE, I went out and didn't come back for two or three years when it crashed, but the 11 is not Use a friend. And it's not just because I'm that stupid. Even my grandchildren great-grandson have trouble. They, they couldn't credit it. I had to go back to the dealer. So <clears throat> yeah, I may be the only one on planet Earth with uh, I would throw this thing away if I could afford to.
3: You know, uh, you are probably definitely not the only one. I will tell you, uh, you're not the first person who's <laughs> called the
1: show with that no. that complaint. Actually,
3: and ah. probably if you were to talk about you know the three of us, well, probably even Java could probably jump into this one. Have seen uh, similar problems jump into them. Yeah, they've had some problems with. They've had mostly a lot of problems with the operating system out of the gate with this one. That iOS 13 has hit a hiccup. And by the way, I noticed last night they've uh, they've released now the second major release for it. So, uh, just as a thought, it may help that out a little bit. Run the. Uh, the latest software update it should be 13.2 now uh and see if that will kind of straighten it up a little bit but yeah unfortunately uh jeremy are you seeing what are you seeing uh on the phone end of that I
2: haven't seen too many 11s yet because uh, usually i only see them when the screens are cracked unless somebody's having a software problem and in, like larry's case they usually just take it back to uh, where they got it from but i do have a suggestion for larry so you said that your phone was freezing up um Every device is going to freeze up from time to time. Now, if you're just doing it consecutively, that's definitely cause for concern. But uh, we want to make sure you know how to soft reset your phone because this is just a quick fix. That way it can save you a trip to the store. So okay. you gotta do, all you got to do when you're sitting there with your phone is uh, press the volume up button and then press the volume down button. You, to, you know, just boom, boom. And then hold the button on the other side, your power button or sleep-wake button, whatever you want to call it. Hold right. that <laughs> you can let the other buttons go. Just hold that side button until you see the Apple. Once you see the Apple, your phone is actually resetting. Um, okay. you know, we used to do that by holding the home button and the power button, but they took the home button away, so it makes it a little more difficult uh, to work with. And as a uh, an older iPhone uh, user, uh, do you miss your home button, or have you gotten used to the, the touch swiping at the bottom there? The only thing I miss about it is if I get a Facebook picture I like and I want to put it
5: in my file of pictures, I could hit that um, button at the bottom and hit the off button, and it would snap and go directly to my pictures. Now, the uh-huh. dealer told me to do the same thing uh, by touching the volume down, I think it was, and that, button, and that doesn't do it. I'll hear a it's, click. It's volume up, high. actually. Yeah,
3: the volume up and the power button at the same time. So kind of like pinching it on both sides. We'll take a snapshot of the uh, of the picture for you.
5: The up. Uh, maybe I was got it backwards. Yeah. I was using the down, I think. But uh, I, it will actually click like I think it's taking a picture, but it's not in the file. So I'll okay. try the up button. And I appreciate y'all's comments. Just remember. I'm not the only old 82-year-old geezer <laughs> on planet Earth that doesn't like the
2: 11 phone. Yes, <laughs> oh, sir. All right. And just remember, it's it's the volume up button, the volume down button, and then hold the side if it's frozen. And then it'll reboot. Okay. And then it'll restart. Yes, sir. I drove, I drove
5: 300 miles from Alexandria to Alexandria, Louisiana to oh. Brookhaven to the dealer because it wouldn't turn off. It wouldn't wow. on the
2: phone or nothing. And, well, uh, I sincerely it, hope I just save you some gas and some time. Just try say. that reset first. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Enjoy your yes, Appreciate it, Thank Larry. You. you
1: need to send Apple an invoice for all that yeah. travel. Yeah. Good <laughs> grief. We appreciate the call this morning. All right. And okay. uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I've heard the president uh, would like to have his home button back. That was so
2: you can kind of have your home button back if you use assistive touch. Uh, you can go into your settings under accessibility, and you can turn the assistive touch on, which puts a little floating home button on your screen. It's not your home button, but it's kind of got that nostalgic feel of pushing a button to it. Just, you know, it's just a little software button that by the you way, can put it anywhere you want.
1: Yeah, by the way, uh, my, my son's uh, screen on one of his iPods looked like abstract art after it had been dropped so many times, and uh, I think the, the home button on his actually popped off or something oh like that, Lord. and you couldn't use it, and so I had to use that, uh, what you were just calling I don't even remember what you called it now, but... uh Adaptive assistive touch. Assist adaptive, touch adaptive, adaptive yeah, that's adaptive, right. You know. And and I got that to show up on the screen, and he can actually use it, even though it looked like a nice that, mosaic. Yes, it was interesting. <laughs> I was like, How, how can, can you even pay attention to this? I would want to. Well, anyway. All right, let's take our last break of the hour here. The number to call is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. The uh, 6th Gen Apple iPod is on sale. You can get that. It's an early black market deal. It's going on at Walmart. Not to prop up Walmart or anything, but I'll tell you what they're charging for it when we come back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome
1: back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Wilson Jeremy. I'm Jay. Thank you for listening on this Wednesday morning. I'm moving slowly. The speed. That's, that's right. Gotta make that T-shirt. Yes. All right, guys. What do you think about this? The Apple iPod is uh, on an early Black Friday deal at Walmart. One twenty-eight gig Wi-Fi six-gen version, two ninety-nine. Regular price four twenty-nine ninety-nine. Is that something you guys would jump at?
2: I have my phone. I have my phone. I was thinking the exact same thing.
3: Well, I don't know. Does it have a headphone jack? I don't got know. Let me. Yeah. It's got to. You. If it's got a headphone jack, you would think yeah. about it. No. Uh, no, I use Spotify now too. So, um, you know, but it's still great. I mean, it's I, it's, it's interesting; those are still around. You just got to wonder. Um, I mean, if you want everything but the phone, yeah, you, you you want that. I mean, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than going out and buying your you know necessarily your kid a phone. I I have told a lot of people though now your old phones, people who may be upgrading to that eleven or maybe uh, taking advantage of the discount on the eights and the tens. Um, don't forget you can kind of you know. Your old phone basically becomes an iPod if you want to give it to uh, smaller, true, younger yeah. children. And another n- little nice plus about that, even without service on that phone, that phone can still dial 911. I mean, I can dial yeah. anything else, but yeah. all phones can dial 911. Absolutely. So, had to I, that uh, in there, But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of curious.
2: I have my old phone. I kept it, of course. It, it was a Note 9. Um, I uh, I use it to play music and stuff at home. And you know, I've noticed that playing music from my phone can be kind of cumbersome sometimes because of all the notifications and different things that I get. So it's nice to have a separate device that I can run music through where I don't get all those dings and all that because I don't have any of those accounts logged in or any of those apps That's set good up. Point, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I will note that there's a way cheaper alternative to something like that. You can go get a, a pretty much any Android phone and stick a 128 gig card in it, and then play whatever music you want off of that. So. That would be a lot cheaper than even a $200, how much was it, 299 299 yeah. Yeah, marked down from 400 and something, yeah, that's still way cheaper than that. So it's, you know, if you want the one with the shiny Apple on it, go for it. But there's way <laughs> cheaper alternatives and probably better options all around. So are you uh, guys,
1: are, are, you, are you two guys not tablet guys per se? I mean, whatever I'm, you could do on a tablet, you basically just would rather do it on your phone? Uh, For me, uh, yeah, I'm not really
3: a tablet person at all.
2: yeah. I, you know, I've got the Note 10, which is basically like a half tablet. Uh, so it's it, it pretty much already functions that way. Uh, but I still have a, a laptop that I do a lot of work on because I just – I it, like if I'm doing any kind of graphic work, I have to be on a computer. I cannot do that stuff on a tablet or a phone.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm the same way now. I mean, I have a laptop right there, you know, right there handy at all times that I can get to. And I'm going to do like the, the full screen kind of stuff is going to be on a full-blown yeah. laptop, keyboard regular old mouse, all that kind of fun stuff. And
1: for but, a lot of people, I guess, it it, it a, a tablet essentially becomes a bigger screen to play
3: mobile games on, more yeah, or less. Essentially, a big, a big Facebook surfer.
1: Yeah, you know, well, that's true. You know, yeah. My
3: wife was talking about, you know, I was like, oh, you know, the screens, you know, as as we, you know, uh, advance a couple of years here and there, the, you know, your arms get a little bit shorter, so it's a little bit harder to see the screen <laughs> as clearly. <laughs> and so she was trying that on out and uh, tried with a little small Amazon Fire and she just found, no, nah, I think I'll go back to the little screen because of the convenience of having it all, all right there. But, no, I mean, there's, there's a balance. And, you know, what works for me or works for Jeremy or works for you is not necessarily, you know, what somebody well, else out there can work with. But, you know, options. You have a yeah. lot of options
2: when it gets real for me i yeah i have options you know I, like i got the laptop if i have something i can do quickly or if i've got to do a lot, a lot of in-depth work and research or programming or whatever i've got my desktop with dual screen set up because there's nothing better for productivity than having two monitors side by side so you just <laughs> move things around
3: I'm sure there is three
2: <laughs> seven <laughs>
3: Just build a whole wall out of them. Well we got a couple wall, guys of local. I just run two. Yeah. I think pretty much everybody up at our office, pretty much I think everyone except for one guy who just we cannot get him to convert, everybody runs dual. <laughs> he is just he is insistent that the one monitor is good enough for him. At home, I have a uh basically like a forty two inch television
1: mm-hmm. that I run as my computer monitor. And there are instances where I would rather have two monitors. So I could just oh, yeah. keep, keep things Separate. And I don't, I mean, technically you can do that on the one monitor, but it's just something that's easier about.
4: Well, having you're, to.
2: you're sharing that resolution. You're not really getting any bigger screen size. It's just blown up for you. So it's it's not it's not the same experience. In fact, using a TV as a monitor is not the same experience just because of the way it looks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do like to play games on it, though. Oh, oh yeah, it's absolutely. Good it's good for that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple of the things they have here, uh, the Apple Watch Series 3, um, GPS and LTE is uh, 229 right now, oh, and that matches that's the, not too bad. the current price. That's... Oh, see, I, I, I buried the lead here. Both of you guys you know,
2: are oh. like, <laughs> uh, Well, see, it's because it's cellular. But keep in mind that when you buy that watch, you have to have a separate SIM card and data plan that goes along with that watch if you want to be able to make phone calls and all that from it.
3: There you go, and uh, I mean, I'm still rock, rocking my Apple Three Watch, but you know, right? Still, I bought one off slick. of uh,
1: Amazon for like twenty five dollars because I just needed something to tell me the time on my wrist. That's that's well, You got a phone? There's your time.
2: <laughs> but
1: you know, <laughs> I know, I was I was I'm coaching a little league team my son plays on. And I can't. It's my. I got this big bulky case on my phone, and it's grabbing that thing out of my shorts, and it's all the stuff is falling out of my pocket. Anyway, and uh, the last like one, smartwatch. Here, right? Microsoft's Xbox One S with a terabyte of storage, uh, two forty nine right now, including a call of a copy of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So mm. they have that. All right yep. that's gonna wrap it up for, uh, wrap it up for us today. thank you so much for listening and stay tuned so the remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is coming up next on MPB Think Radio.